Welcome to the State of the Lakers podcast. This is another special edition recording of our locker room chat from after the Mavericks-Lakers game on Thursday night. Uh, we had uh, a kind of almost two hours that we went on that locker room chat, and so I split it into two, and this is the second half uh, where we allowed all of you guys, the listeners, to come in and, and, uh, and to talk some hoops with us for a little while. We had a bunch of you guys. We still had Jason Maples, and we also had uh, our friend Roosh from um, from Houston Rockets Twitter who came to hang out. We talked about a bunch of basketball for almost an hour. I wanted to make sure that you guys had access to that for those of you who weren't able to be with us in the room on Thursday night. So I hope you guys enjoy it. Uh, as always, I really appreciate you guys' support, and I hope you have a good rest of your weekend. Omar, what did you think of AD tonight? Would you, how did you, you think of it? So, yeah, I mean, he, I, I knew he was going to struggle, especially on the offensive end. The, the one thing I wanted to look uh, for today is just see how mobile he was. And he looked pretty he looked pretty spry out there, uh, yeah. which is really good to see. Um, I mean, I, I, and I wanted to see, like, I knew he was going to fall. He's, he just loves falling down to the ground. So uh, I wanted to see how he'd react <laughs> anytime he would fall or whatever. And he looked fine. I think one time he fell, he like immediately got up before uh, anyone came to come help him, uh, which is probably I was, he's probably thinking, oh, I don't want the fans to think I'm <laughs> I'm hurt or whatever. Uh, but but what I w- wanted to ask you guys is that uh, obviously with AD slowly ramping up, what are some of the things that we should uh, be looking out for uh, as he's slowly ramping up? Um, some of the things I'm looking out for is I want to see more pick and roll between Dennis and uh, AD because uh, I think that'll be important come playoff time when LeBron gets his rest but uh, what about what about you guys Jason we got you Maples we got you back awesome <laughs> sorry <guys. laughs> yeah I don't know what happened yeah you got, Dude, no you got so I, basically I, I wanted to make sure we could get other people in the room to join us and I tried to reset the room and of course it closed it uh, but I have the ability to basically just cut and paste this onto the end of the, uh, of the other, uh, of the other one for the podcast form. But I wanted to make sure that we actually took advantage of what the platform does and give other people a chance to talk. Absolutely. All good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Omar, uh, Omar's question was, uh, what, what else should we look out for as AD starts to, to ramp up here? He said some more shooter, um, AD pick and rolls. Uh, what else should we look for here? Uh, Maples, uh, as AD starts to, starts to ramp up his minutes. Uh, just him going to the basket, man. It's just what I'm looking for. It's, it's going to be tough to pick and rolls with him and Dennis with AD because there's just not any spacing. So the roll option is not going to be as as uh, fluid as it would be when he's at the five. So I don't know about that. But just I think health, man, him being just the burst that we're used to seeing from Anthony Davis. As long, as long as that's there, I think the skill and the rhythm will catch up eventually because he's just uber talented. Do you guys feel like his release is different than it was back in the bubble? Uh, I don't know. I got probably have to pay more attention. I'm just more so. I was looking at his look, paying attention to how he was moving. He looked a little slimmer, which is the big plus. For I him. noticed that too, man. Yeah, he looked in shape as yeah. compared <laughs> to earlier this season. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. His jump. He looked a little bit more slower on his jump shot, but I think that'll come with the legs. If you watch, if you watch video of him in the bubble, man, that thing is like coming out hot and confident. Yeah. And all all this year for like a couple months, he's looked a little bit different it seems like yeah it looked like a set shot tonight right a little bit more i feel like yeah i think so maybe, maybe i'll come with conditioning i think it was probably first time he's running up and down the floor he looked like he hasn't played in 10 months 
<laughs> yeah, he got a nice he got a nice off season. Uh, let's see here. Let's bring someone. Omar, yeah, I'm that number that, that that I've missed thirty games. Uh, uh, that that graphic they put out at the start of the game, like thirty games, is a long time. Like that yeah. sounds like a suspension you get for punching a fan. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's see. Uh, George, are you there? Yeah, can you guys hear me? Yeah, I can. What's up, George? What's up, George? What's up, guys? Um, a question I have. Uh, we haven't seen any minutes of Trez and Mark. Do you guys think you could see that maybe oh, close to the postseason? I know Maples is team Gasol, and so am I, but <laughs> I want to see it. I think it could work out well, you know. Mark spaces the floor, and Trez can go to work inside, and we haven't seen it. And I'm kind of disappointed by it. Man, I, I've been praying for it, to be honest. But uh, it's been like they've had zero minutes together this season. Uh, it might. I mean, Vogel, the only reason I pushed for it is because Vogel said he would do it. And he just never did. I thought I thought that other game, the other game that they had, uh, where I think AD was out and they had Gasol and Trez. But then Trez got, or I think Gasol got hurt. Or Trez got thrown out. It was the Wizards, uh, not Wizards. I forgot who it was. Toronto, Sixers. I think. Six, was it Sixers? Okay, yeah. With, Trez with Dwight, got, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. With Dwight, Trez got thrown out in the fir- in the in the first quarter. So I would like to see it. Uh, what do you guys think? You'd like to see some Gasol and Trez minutes together? Yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Team Gasol. He's to me. He's still the best center on the roster. I understand AD, but uh, I think Gasol is going to play in, in a big series just to keep the yeah. floor space. So that's where you know when it happens, I'll be waving. My time, my Team Gasol t-shirt, baby. Also, why not try it now? Now is the time to try it. You're you're uh, roughly a 500 to slightly below 500 team without LeBron and AD. You're struggling with offensive creation. You know, Raj and I talked about this a lot last week. Like you, at this point, you got to be throwing stuff at the wall to see what sticks. You know what I mean? Yep. Right. And yeah. I mean, I know he's been he has a, that hammy injury now, but I just felt like, especially with the thin front court we had. You know, Keith was missing games. AD was obviously out. It just felt smart to use him. And then he almost DNP'd him in that one game. I thought I thought they were going to, like, buy him out or something. I was freaking out. <laughs> <laughs> no, they were never going to buy out Gasol. I don't think that was ever coming close. It, but I feel like it's, it was pretty clear that, like, he was going to get drum in a bunch of minutes right now. Right? I think Marc Gasol came in late into one of the games, and it was because they were playing so terrible. I forgot which game it was that he came into. Um, and he sparked it, a run. And he sparked it, it, a run. Yeah, he, yeah, he did. But it, it seems like it was pretty clear that, that, that them two had a conversation, and he told Mark, look, you're probably not going to play for the, for these next few games. We're going to get a, a big look at Drummond, and then Trez is going to get the minutes. And I think as we get closer to the playoffs, as LeBron gets back, AD gets back to himself, I think you'll see Gasol back in the rotation. And then the playoffs, Vogel can kind of pick and choose who he plays uh, like he did last year. Man, yeah, look at the, the, the first Nuggets game when Gasol, when AD didn't get hurt, man. Look, watch how Gasol defended Jokic, man. It just yeah. it doesn't get any better than that, man. That guy's got to play when the, when the chips are down. I think I thought he did a pretty had... good job on Embiid as well. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah he did. Mm. I think Jokic only had 13 in that first game. If That's I'm what I'm saying. Taken. Yeah, he was. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I mean, it, it looks like we're on track to play them in the first round. I'd rather have Gasol guarding him over Drummond in spurts. I mean, he could be used as like, you know, net some fouls if someone gets in foul trouble, but I'd rather have Mark in that first round matchup. I agree, but I expect Frank to, Frank's not going to keep that in the holster. If he had like, like Frank is going to throw, uh, throw Gasol at, uh, at Jokic if he's going off for sure. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. That's fair. That's Absolutely. Fair. 
I cannot overstate how much, uh, you know, I talked with Raj about this a lot in our last podcast, like Denver becomes so, I don't want to say they're easy to guard cause they're not, but Denver becomes so much easier to guard without the Murray problem. And, uh, and like they become, I like, I legitimately think Denver was the second best team in the West before he went down. I thought they Agreed. were, I, was there I thought they you. were bonafide better than the Clippers. Like, and if they would have matched up against the Clippers, I would have picked the nuggets and it would have been like one of my most confident picks ever. I thought they were clearly and definitively better than the Clippers. And I, and that, 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 that Murray loss just completely threw off the map of the way their offense works. Now the Lakers are going to be able to load up on Jokic in a way that's going to make inferior basketball players make plays. Yeah. I don't, I don't, maybe in a couple years, but I don't see MPJ covering the slack yet, even though I think he's on that track. Eventually he's playing out of his mind lately. So maybe one one day, but not, not now. They're calling him like 6'10 clay, (laughs) even more your friends. You see how he's shooting the ball, man? It's yeah. like money coming off. Crazy. <laughs> Mason, what's up? Can you hear? Are you here? What's up, guys? Yeah, I can hear you. Guys, hey, Mason. How's it going? Good, man. Thanks Good. for hopping in Good. with us. Of course. I am so terrified about Drummond. Like, his combination <laughs> of a low basketball IQ. He still thinks he's a max contract guy. He's super slow and out of shape. Like, I guess he rebounds well, but his rim protection is not even great. I mean, I just think that Gasol's a way better fit next to AD. You know, he has a high basketball IQ. He can pick up his energy in the playoffs. He can start rebounding and defending better. I just really think they made a mistake and jumped the gun with his drum and signing and promised him the world. So I think he's the one thing that's you know, stands away from us in championship, believe it or not, his drum So what do you guys think about that? I'm not, I'm not going to go that far as far as getting in the way of a championship. I mean, you got to understand, <laughs> they, they, they got him for nothing, right? So why did I right. they, they get a center who was somewhat athletic that got him for nothing? It was a buyout, so I think it's a good gamble. The issue is, like for always me, I, I was never anti-drumming because the cost was nothing. It's a, hey, just see what happens. But if the, the, for me, it should not have taken Mark out of the rotation, especially with no LeBron. Now, without LeBron, he's the best passer on the team, in, in my right. opinion. So it's like you got to find at least you know ten to fifteen minutes a game for him, as long as LeBron and AD, you know, aren't there. So and that was my concern. But now I'm not going to say derail a championship. I mean, he he has tools that he brings to the table. Like tonight, he rebounded really well. He was real. He, he got us a whole bunch of possessions that led out to some uh, KCP kickout threes. So like he got he got the Lakers extra points and possessions. It's just. The finishing is a legitimate issue. Uh, the pick and roll defense is a legitimate issue. But, you know, we'll see what happens. Cross your fingers, man. Mark is going to play with the match. I, I believe in Frank, man. I believe in Frank. I think, yeah. I think Drummond has the worst hand-eye coordination I've ever seen on a human being. Oh, my because God. Like, because, like, I, I swear, like, he does work on that stuff. Like, you see him going with Phil Handy and doing all the moves and stuff. Like, he's the opposite of Steph Curry in the sense that, like, there are legitimate, like, like physiological things in him that stop him from being able to make shots and moves. I swear if he puts the ball on the floor, it's an automatic like fumble. <laughs> yeah. I feel like we should look at Drummond more as like, we look at him as a Dwight replacement, but he reminds me more of like JaVale, right? I think we have short memories and forget that. <laughs> and we forget that we forget that JaVale started every game last year and how frustrating some of his like fake the handoff drive from the three point line 
like throw the ball up and like there's nothing really there like he and and Drummond has a lot of that Drummond tries to do like Kyrie handles and get to the rim and finish when like dude you're a big dude just go right through them so like he reminds me of that and again these will get even less with AD here and those possessions will get even less with LeBron there so um but again he was four for like seven tonight I know those misses are loud like he was a plus he was a, he was a he was a he was a plus 15 uh before the game ended which was uh, a Laker high so it just like sometimes the eyes don't really match because his game his misses are so loud and uh his, his mess ups are so loud but like he is being productive I feel like so I would look at him more in the JaVale kind of role where Mark is like the Dwight uh really veteran guy who's been a defensive player of the year kind of guy right you put mark into the dwight role in the playoffs that's the guy who will get minutes uh, in my opinion mason i appreciate you uh to coming on and talking um again someone else up here yeah thanks man i appreciate of it course. keep the good uh let's see here uh ryan what's up Can you hear me? what's up guys how you doing um my question is say all hell breaks loose in the east right and the 76ers somehow beat the nuts how do you guys think the Lakers match up with the 76ers? It will happen. It will happen. I actually like that matchup for the Lakers. I think uh, I think the Laker defense, I've talked about this a lot over the last two years. I've done it with in pods with Jason Maples and, and with Raj. And uh, I, think, I think the Lakers have one of the best defenses of all time. And I think, uh, ironically, they kind of build up a reputation as a team that can, their effort can fade in and out. But I think they're one of the best defenses of all time. And I think that uh, uh, teams like the the Sixers that have some weaknesses offensively with their decision making and their uh, um, and Embiid's biggest weakness is his ability to pass out of double teams. Is like he averaged one assist a game in his last playoff series. He is uh, he's the player that the Lakers are going to find a way to make him make adjustments in a playoff series, and I don't think he'd be able to. If you watch that fourth quarter when the Lakers almost won in Philly. Uh, Embiid killed them all night, but late in the game, there was a lot of digging from Schroeder and digging from KCP that made him feel uncomfortable. And then a lot of times flat out doubles and then really tight rotations on the back end and AD, even in individual defense, uh, when he actually gave him a little bit of space instead of getting attached to his body, which is actually playing directly into Embiid's hands. Uh, AD did a really nice job on him down the stretch of that game too. And I just, and then throw in the Frank, uh, adjustments that he's going to be able to make. Like, I, I think, I think the Lakers are, are built for that type of matchup personally. Yeah. I got the Lakers at six. If that happens, uh, <laughs> like I said, I just, I think, man, you know, I pick Philly to come out the East, but Frank does a good, great job of, you know, making your weakest points, you know, stick out. I think he's just really going to make Ben a score. And I don't know if he's going to be able to do that enough yeah. to win. Yeah, for sure. And, and Philly's a team that can kind of – one of the few teams in the league that can kind of match the Lakers' physicality, right? Embiid's a really yeah. physical dude. Ben Simmons is a super physical dude, especially at the guard position. Um, he's a guy he, – they really hunted – they really hunted like Schroeder with Ben Simmons in that first matchup. That's going to be yeah. in trouble. They're going to do the same thing to like KCP. So that's my struggle with Philly. I think they're really good. Uh, I agree with you. I think the Lakers probably win. That's also a tough matchup to me. I just think Embiid is a tough guy. Even though the Lakers are probably trap and make him try to create out of double teams more. Um, that's still a that's still a really fun matchup. Um, are you are you guys worried at all that the ability that Philly could just throw two special defenders at the Lakers' two best players? Like the ability to throw Simmons on LeBron and Embiid yeah. on AD is. I'm not worried rare. about Le- I'm not worried about LeBron being stopped in a playoff series. 
It just, it just, yeah, it, it, it hasn't happened in so long. I think the last, <laughs> the last series he was legitimately bad was the 2011 NBA Finals. Like after that, like if he got beat, the team was just better. He was still special. So that doesn't concern. Like LeBron James would not be the reason the Lakers lose, in my opinion. If if they do lose, that's that's what I'm saying. Yeah, and not only that, like since basically 2015 in the finals when his efficiency tanked, there hasn't even been a team that's made him like uncomfortable. Like right. you you can put him down for 50% plus from the field, 35 plus percent from 3, right around 28 to 30 points and you know 9 and 9 or whatever. Uh that like I agree. Like in in AD has legitimate advantages over Embiid. He's he's got he's got a quickness advantage and uh uh, Embiid, uh, you have the ability to pull Embiid out of the paint. This is another thing where Dennis is such a huge advantage because, you know, Dennis legitimately is a great, uh, matchup attacker. And if you have a situation where Ben Simmons is giving LeBron some problems and AD's not attacking Embiid, but he's pulling him out of the paint, that gives, that gives Dennis a chance. You know, maybe it's Seth Curry, whoever, whoever it is that he's on, but the, uh, Dennis just gives you a little bit more versatility to attack them as well. Yep, for sure. Uh, Ryan, appreciate you. Get, Thanks, uh, guys. Thanks, Ryan. Okay, and then uh, I think we have one more. Rouge, what's going on, bro? What's the deal, baby? I was listening and having some fun because uh, I come in peace from Rockets Twitter and we <laughs> we suck. So, What's up, man? <clears throat> figured I'd check in and see what the Lakers are up to, man. I'm chilling. Um, <laughs> I just wanted to drop in, man, and say two things. <clears throat> uh, I think Jason and uh, Jason and Jason, actually, both of you, nailed it. Um, number one, the defense is too good. Uh, so yeah. all this all this stuff we're talking about you that you're talking about how does Drummond fit all this other stuff if and when LeBron James comes back yeah. none of none of that shit's gonna matter first of all <laughs> offensively like I mean like you're just talking about he hasn't even been slowed down in what half a decade maybe more um, and I think people forget that and obviously you have the pieces around him that you all know a guy like Schroeder if like in order to slow LeBron down it requires a tremendous amount of attention and a guy like Schroeder is going to eat off of, you know, being on an Island against whoever is guarding him. Um, and in addition to that, I mean, even if things don't click on offense, the defense is just too damn good. You know, I think a guy like Gasol is going to slide right back into place with LeBron's return. And if he doesn't, I think Drummond's overrated defensively to some extent, but yeah. he's, he's still going to plug in. Like it's, it's just going to click. I don't, the only trouble I see potentially for the Lakers in the Western conference is if you're not at full health and you slide to the six and you face the Clippers in the first round while you're not at full health. Um, and even then I still would put my money on LeBron James. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I guess I have a question. Like, cause I guess you watched the Lakers, I guess up close, right? When you played, they played the Rockets last year and then mm -hmm. you guys won, you guys won game one. At what point, like, in that series, did you kind of realize, like, hey, this is not going to happen? Like, there was a point, right, where the Lakers kind of figured out Houston, I guess. And mm -hmm. did you say, like, game three, I guess, is when you kind of saw that? Just from the Lakers' perspective, that was my perspective. Did you feel that same way as a Houston fan, kind of, like, yeah. in, in, like, game three? Yeah, I mean, look, I remember previewing that series with Sekou Smith, rest in peace. And mm -hmm. we talked about, you know, I was, I was all in on, okay, look, man, the small ball works. We spread the Lakers out. Like, you know, once we're able to take advantage of those individual matchups, we can really give them trouble. And after game one, 
Now, the caveat is I never bet against LeBron James. LeBron James terrifies me when I'm playing against, when your team's playing against him, right? Obviously. Um, but after game one, man, I felt good. Yeah. And then after game two, I started getting shaky. And then once you go down 2-1 to LeBron, like it's trouble, right? Part of that, though, had to do with the fact that I, you know, I was extremely critical of Mike D'Antoni. And yeah. I still think, I don't think the Rockets would have won, but I think they could have competed a little better had they adjusted better. Um, yeah. But he doesn't adjust. You know, He just kind of runs like the base offense that he runs and, and leaves it up to like read and react plays. And part of that is Frank Vogel's pretty damn good. I, I don't know. I'm sure Lakers fans love him. I don't know what he's how he's thought of at large but um in terms of adjustments in terms of like pushing the right buttons i would put a lot of faith in frank vogel um you know especially you know jamal murray's out the one team i think uh, like i said i think you could run into some trouble with the clippers in the first round i would also i'm also really really interested to see phoenix i think phoenix might be interesting but i don't think there's anyone good enough to take the lakers down not even utah you know utah is going to be one of those teams that like they look good and crisp right now when they're moving the ball, all that stuff looks great. <clears throat> but when a, a defense schemes specifically to put, I think Jason Timph earlier, you were saying, you know, in a series, once you force inferior players to Joel Embiid make plays similar, yeah. right? In Utah, once you force their, like their lesser players to make those big plays and hit those big shots, I don't think it's going to happen personally. So, but I mean, to answer your question, yeah, game three, once we went down to one, you know, once we went down to one, I was like, all right, it's a wrap. And then house was out and I was like, okay, it's def- definitely a wrap. <laughs> he, he is, he is, uh, uh, an adjustment type, type of player. And that is, that is something that I think is a, is a weapon. We always like uh, Maples and I did a pod last year. I remember we used to talk, this was, uh, during that playoff round. We used to joke that when the role players played well the lakers would beat the shit out of you and then when they play when when they played okay they win by 15 and when they played bad they'd barely win and it was because and it was because like they 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 won with their defense and whatever they got out of everybody it was just kind of like how bad are we beating you tonight and there towards the end i thought they had it figured out so well I was the guy who got in trouble for this because people thought I was, you know, shitting on Jimmy Butler, which is not what I was trying to do. I was just talking about the Lakers, but I'd be like <laughs> yelling from I'm I'm yelling from the mountaintop. I'm like, they're not trying tonight, guys. <laughs> they're like, no, Jimmy's going for forty. I'm like, no, 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 they're literally not trying. I could tell, I could see it, you know. And then uh, 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 Pete, uh, uh, Pete from Laker Field Room saved us all by putting out a thread showing what I was talking about, but like literally like the Lakers, they, they were so dominant there at the end defensively that they would have nights where they wouldn't bring it and they would end up in these dog fights and they'd lose a couple of them. But I thought, you know, people attributed it to fatigue, but what they did to Miami in game one and game six of that series should like literally should be illegal. Like they (laughs) they absolutely and completely, shut them off in the first half of both of those games. Like to the point where they, like, it, you know what it reminded me of is like when you watch a one seed play a 16 seed in the NCAA tournament and their guards just aren't getting any separation and all of those, like all the things they were able to do in their little conference play just isn't working anymore. And then it's like in the deficit is like 13 to two, but it feels like it's a 40 point game. Mm-hmm. Like that, that's, that's what it feel, felt like to, for me to watch that Laker defense. Like, and then, then they'd get a big lead and then they'd let their foot off the gas and, you know, the game would end however it would end. 
but I think they're, I think that it's literally that good. And it, it all is on the strength of Anthony Davis being, you know, the transcendent defensive player that he is. Uh, and then LeBron being his versatile back, like LeBron's kind of tur- transitioned to being like kind of a backline communicator guy type of guy. Like he's not, yeah, exactly. And, and, and which where he can use his, his brain to blow up plays. Um, and then they just have these ridiculous ball pressure guards all over the place that they can rotate in and out. They got like six of them now. So they, they can rotate them in and out. And it's just like this incessant line of crazy ball pressure funneling you into the craziest defensive back line in the league. And, and I think, I think that makes them really tough to beat. I, I mean, look, on the other hand, so, you know, when the Rockets were relevant, a lot of Rockets fans would talk offense, offense, offense. You know, if we can do X, Y, Z on offense, how does Russell Westbrook fit? on offense but at the end of the day they couldn't defend you know and we we always focus on offense because we love offense and whatever the fuck but at the end of the day like i said the the lakers defense is going to be too good so in those games where the role players aren't on and if anthony davis isn't being anthony davis they're like you said they're still going to be in the game when the role players are on and ad is on fire they're going to thump people assuming lebron is back i see people talking on twitter like oh this is the most wide open, you know, playoff race in, in, a long, in a long time. And I'm just like, how do y'all do this every year? Every year. How do we forget? Like, it's like, it's LeBron, man. And he's known, Tim, if you, uh, you alluded to this, he's known for flipping the switch, man. I mean, he's like, he's put the blueprint and the template forward. Like when it's time to play, they flip the switch and they might not even do it from the beginning of the game. They might wait till the third quarter. They might wait till the fourth quarter, but when they flip the switch, it's on. And, the other thing is this year, like last year, you know, there were players that you could call unproven as far as like a postseason run goes, right? Uh, I didn't think Marquise Morris was going to do what Marquise Morris did, but he did. Uh, KCP, like earned his worth, certified stamped. Caruso, you know, and then now you have a guy like Schroeder, who I think will sufficiently replace Rondo, super, super potent in the uh, in the playoffs. I mean, he killed the Rockets. Um you have, I mean, there's trust in THT, and then you got a, a guy like Montrez Harrell. I know he's kind of been up and down, but like all you need is you know a four minute spurt from those types of guys to like save a run, either make a run or to you know buy some time when LeBron's on the bench, and then the rest is gravy. So you know, I, I think the Lakers are winning it all unless someone's hurt. Um, and I just think it's funny to see. It's kind of like what we did with the Spurs, right? Every year, oh, they're too old. This is the year they're too old. You know, and then. No, that was not the case. They would go and fucking win it all. You know what I mean? So, <laughs> yeah, there was another game this year. Uh, I don't know if you guys remember this. Maples Raj. Uh, uh, it was the last time they played Denver when LeBron and AD were both healthy, and yeah. then it was kind of close and competitive until about the middle of the third quarter, and then the Lakers kind of flipped the switch, and Denver yeah. suddenly could Denver suddenly couldn't score. <laughs> yeah, that was the game. Uh, Gasol was putting clamps on Jokic. Yeah, yeah. like Denver, that. Denver could not score. They could not score the basketball. Yeah, like it they was, it was crazy. Yeah. yeah, and then the same thing happened in the playoffs. If you guys remember the game, they lost the game. They blew the one that Jamal Murray did the shimmy dance down the court. Uh, the, the one where Rondo just was like, "I'm going to take the ball away from Jamal Murray every time he crosses half court now." Like, <laughs> like it was, it was, it was pretty ridiculous. Like that, they're just they have these defensive ceiling moments that I don't think any other team can hit. And I think that's their one of their many call one of their many calling cards, and they're just so versatile, dude. Like they like Gasol will help you match up with literally the top four seeds in the West: Gobert, Aiton, Zubats, Jokic. If you run into yeah. Nurkic, he can cover you there too. 
you know, and like uh, you got Drummond, you got, uh, we already talked about the wings. They're, they're just so versatile, you know, let me ask mm-hmm. you all this maples. Let me ask you this. How do you think you match up with the nets? Are you afraid of the nets? Assuming that they're healthy. No, I don't think uh, I've said this several times. The nets are not my favorite until next. I don't even think they're coming out of the, the East. I just think seven games together. That's just too much to, to overcome. You got new coach, Injuries. I think somebody said something. KD hasn't played six games in a row in like four years or something like that. It was like crazy. So uh, there's, there's serious health considerations. You got a rookie coach. You know, D'Antoni isn't known for adjusting. I just uh, I don't see it. But next year when they retool, they'll be my prohibitive favorite to win it all. But this year, I just I can't see it with seven games played with your three main guys. Uh, Harden and KD are going to be dealing with some type of helmet all the way through. I just I don't see him going to the finals. But if they do get there, then that's the Lakers' toughest assignment defensively. But they are the NBA team best equipped to defend the Nets, in my opinion. So can, I would, can you can you elaborate on that? I just think the Lakers they're they're switchable uh, one one through four pretty much. And even like if you put AD at the five, he can blow up pretty much any pick and roll because he's able to switch on anybody that the Nets have, maybe except for Kyrie. But I don't mind that because if Kyrie has a ball, that's less James Harden. And James Harden is their best decision maker. So I'm not, you know, chipping off that. But I just think they're the best team as far as defending the Nets goes. But I like Philly to come out the East this year. This is their year. I think people are also sleeping on Milwaukee, by the way. I agree. Yeah. What I said, what I, I, that's a good point. What I said was Giannis is different this year and Drew Holiday, upgrading Bledsoe, Drew Holiday. Oh, my God. That's mm-hmm. – I can't even – I also think I they're going to get some. I think they're going to get some big play out of uh, some random bench guys. Brent Forbes shooting off the bench. I think Bobby Portis might have a big game or two in the playoffs. Pretty I think right. people kind of sleeping on that. He makes them bigger. I mean, he can make some terrible decisions and play some bad basketball, but he's the kind of guy that I think he's going to be a gamer. So I think people are. I think the fatigue of like Giannis, you yeah. know, <laughs> right? The, the, basically, the fatigue has settled in, and it's funny because I spend a lot of time trashing Giannis because obviously I'm a Rockets fan. Um, but I think, ironically enough, people are sleeping on him this year because of the fatigue. I think they, that's they, good they, for them, they, though. I would rather be coming from their position. Yeah. They can't yeah. play. They, they they play Lopez too much in, in marquee matchups. Yeah, he's been bad this year. Yeah, he, he plays too much. They're Maybe they'll run Portis at the five. Or Giannis at the five. More Portis or Giannis at the five. Exactly, Roush. Yeah, they've been running a lot more of that. They go to Drew Holiday, Giannis, pick and roll at the end of games now, which is really nice. I feel like really gets them uh, them going. DiVincenzo, I feel like, took a step up. But, yeah, like they've they've ran through the East before, right? They're they're kind of in the Paul George room to me, right? Yeah. Yeah. Hey, they might run P.J. PJ Tucker at the five. Don't don't sit on that. Yeah, him. Anybody anybody but Lopez. Yeah. (laughs) There was the uh, uh, Bill Simmons in his most recent podcast was joking that he, when he watched that Giannis possession from the top of the key against the Suns, he was like, this has an 18% chance of working. And it was funny because I was like, I thought the same thing as it was happening. Like, they just have to get away from trying to make Giannis into something he's not because that's going to be the thing that could get them beat. Like, he just like when he's in that position where he's attacking in isolation against a good setup defense, I just don't like their chances. That's the one thing they got to avoid. Yeah. I mean, when your best player can't shoot, it's very, it's very simple, you know, it's just hard to trust it in, in the crunch, especially when people are targeting you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's got to be a big man in the clutch, right? Like he's got to become like a roller and all that. Once we get mm-hmm. down to crunch time, it feels like, but 
Man, this cool. is, is Drew Holiday, man. Just <laughs> Bledsoe's been borderline uh, unplayable in the playoffs. He played 30 minutes a game of nothing, and I think they upgraded that with a with a high level two way guard. I think that might be the difference as far as mm. like extending their ceiling. Maples, let me ask you uh, this: Assuming it's got to be a veteran minimum contract. What does your fourth and fifth man look like if you're Brooklyn next year and all your crunch, like your, your key lineup that you go to, it's KD, Harden, and Kyrie. You've had an offseason. You're signing dudes that are veteran minimum level players. What are you putting around them that makes them the, like, you know, the bona fide title favorite? Well, I'll say this before I answer. Uh, guys are going to take pay cuts to play for the Nets like they do with the Lakers because it's a championship opportunity. I think those will be the two teams that scoop up all those you know, lower level or high level free agents looking for a ring or take a pay cut to go somewhere else. But like, I think the Nets will find a, like they'll get a Sergi Baca type. You know what I'm saying? Like they'll, they'll get a Wesley Matthews who could probably get money elsewhere, but come play with them. So just those type of guys, I'm thinking, uh, I'm sorry, I don't know these, a lot of these guys contract situations, but I'm trying to think who would fit. Well, just like think like an archi- the archetype of player. Like, what what do you think they need uh, like, in order to be like? Because my my biggest think concern with them would be any lineup that has Harden, Kyrie, and KD is not a physical lineup. Yeah. Like, so I, I think, almost like, think it would have to be PJ Tucker type of players. Yeah, like that or like an Eagle Dollar, like who's made his money. He's a free agent. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, like I think they'll be in a hunt for a guy like Iguodala will play with them for the minimum. You know that saying? would scare the hell out of me if they got a good dollar. Yeah, like like guys like that who have already made hundreds of millions yeah. and looking for like another championship opportunity. Like I think Iguodala will be a great gift for them. That's my that's my biggest question with them this year because like even when they had Lebronkis Aldridge, like their their uh, big man rotation is basically are they comfortable playing Jeff Green, KD at the five, or they have, or they have or they have twenty one year old you know uh, Nick Claxton. And then, or they can go to 30-year-old DeAndre Jordan or, you know, Blake Griffin, whatever remains of him. So it's kind of like a really weird big man rotation that they have to go to. That's my question with them. Can those bigs hang on against, like, the Embiid's and the, uh, you know, and and the other players that they have to go, all the bigs that they have to go through, uh, not even getting to the Lakers, even though I still have them coming out of the East. But uh, still, like, I feel like that's their biggest question to me, that they'll probably shore up in the offseason um, if, if it doesn't work out. I mean, just like I said, it's all these. I keep harboring all these teams have flaws. Yeah, you know what I'm saying it's just it's, it's gonna matter who the the coaches' adjustments, which primetime players are gonna step up when it matters. Hey, you know, timely shot making. Hey, but that's exactly why the Lakers are gonna win it because all these teams have flaws, and you, if there's any chink in your armor, and you're going against LeBron James, it's a wrap. I mean, I, I know that's like shallow analysis. <laughs> <laughs> but it, but like it's just facts you know what i mean like you look back as like maple said it right last time he played like a bad series was straight up over a decade ago obama first term so i mean i don't know man any team has a weakness he is going to destroy it um my, yeah my, my only my, my my just not to be unbiased to pick a team that could probably it would probably be the the um the clippers Yep. Because that's the team have, that scares me, man. They yep. have the they have the closest like I think last year was outlier for Kawhi. He's usually money in the playoffs. So I'm 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 chalking that up for him. Paul George, I don't know what I'm gonna get, but Kawhi is probably the closest thing to probably match somewhat a percentage of what LeBron does 
And if they get the shooting that they've been getting all year, the series could go longer. But aside from that, out the West, I just I don't see much. That's I think gonna push them. I think the reason they'll play different in the playoffs this year is because of Rondo. I think they've needed like a facilitator. Yeah, yeah, um, I agree. You, you know, like a high IQ basketball player from the guard position that can also handle the ball. It's not Patrick Beverly. It, was, it wasn't Lou Williams. <laughs> um, so, I, you know, I think the Clippers could do it. They also got size, a little more size with Ibaka and Batum, but you could argue those are like a little softer than maybe not Ibaka, but Batum's a little, I feel like a little softer um, when going up against someone like LeBron and AD. But Clippers, and then I'm really, really interested to see Phoenix. Really interested to see Phoenix. So my, my only my only thing with Phoenix is the guy they're going to lean on has never done it before. Like when mm. it comes down to it, like I've seen Chris Paul. Talking about Book or CP? CP? Book, no, Chris, no, no, Chris Paul, I've seen like it's going to be tough for him. It's, his whole career, he's been great. He's a, he's a floor raiser for a team, but it's hard to go to him at the end of big games because of his size. And that's always been the issue with where he was, whether it was with the Clippers or New Orleans. It's whatever he laid those playoff series, hard for him to get shots off. So it's going to be Booker. And he's never done it before. That's my, well, They have everything you need to win a championship. They got size. They got switchable wings. They got the shooting. They got the floor general. They got the guy. He's just never done it before. And it's hard for me to see a guy in his first year doing it, pushing yeah. it all the way to the finals. Unless you get like a D-Wade type. This kid just, you know, just lightning in a, lightning in a you know, pot this year. You know what I'm saying? So. We'll I, I agree. I agree with you, but I do think that while he's not going to be enough to push him over the hump, Chris Paul, um, he's gonna he's gonna scare the hell out of you. I think. I agree. Yep, I, I agree. Like that second Thanks, round, man. that second round series. If, if we get if we get Clippers Suns second round, like it looks like right now, like that's 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 a six or seven gamer in my opinion. Yeah. Yep. And Devin Booker is a killer, and that dude is legit scorer. Like I feel like that's going to translate really nicely into the playoffs. They have two dudes who can just create a shot. I feel like that's really tough to cover a backboard like that. Which, and then which, they have, Jay, which, which Jay Crowder are you getting? You getting the, the, the are you getting three, play with three for 10? Exactly. You get play with dreads <laughs> or you getting the blindfolded guy. There's no he's a, he's a versatile guy for them though. Like he really I know, helps them. The, the shooting them the is the shooting. He's either Clay Thompson with dreads or he's blindfolded. There's no <laughs> yeah. Thompson with dreads. <laughs> up, up until, their, their roster just makes sense to me. Like they, you know, you've got a big, yeah. big physical wing like Jay. You've got like kind of more slender, but the wings that, that lean on length, like Mikel Bridges and, and Cam Johnson, everybody can shoot. You've got size inside and you've got a uh, two alpha dogs. And so all of those things to me just like make sense. Like I always talk about with playoff teams, like, can you defend? Do you have alpha dogs and go toe to toe with the stars and the other teams? Do you have versatility? Uh, and the, the, the Suns have all of those things. I don't think they're going to win. But, I mean, their roster makes sense to me. It's just that there are other teams like the Lakers that make sense to me more. But the, I, I do – if I was GM of the Suns, that's what I would have shot for, if that makes sense. So just to – last thing I'll say before I, I get out of here, just to make sure, no one's scared of, of Utah, right? I'm not uh, scared no, of Utah. It's, it's – it's, man, I'm, I'm trying to be – say this as respectfully as possible. It's just – Gobert is an all-time for being an all-time defender. He just doesn't strike fear in anybody. Like if you watch, like nobody's scared of Gobert. Like of all the all-time defenders in NBA history, Jason, I don't think he's an all-time defender. Quite frankly, <laughs> I just I, I, mean, I don't. I just don't. I mean, look, like, like I said, see, see the fact, like despite all the stats putting out there and say otherwise, 
you you're even saying he's not all for that. Like that's that's the lack of fear he puts into opposing you know fans and players. Like you just kind of prove my point right there. Like right hey, beyond that, man. I I mean I rooted for a team that went toe to toe with those guys twice in a row. And we and played fucking, them off the floor. We just dis- exactly we disposed of them. There were nothing. I mean, there were times where you know he made shots difficult, or you know Harden had to hit the floater or whatever. But like we whooped their ass. You know what I mean? So I, I don't know. I mean, they're obviously. I guess, I guess devil's advocates like that's James Harden and Chris Paul. You know what I mean? Like that's <laughs> right. not every not every team has that. Like to me, I'm higher on Utah. But you got you got LeBron James, my boy. Well, yeah, no, yeah. I'm not saying like for us, but to me, like. Like, because I saw people do this with the Lakers last year. Like, the Lakers were winning at a ridiculous place last year, and you had people still saying, "Oh, they might lose to Portland," or you know, even even the Rocket series, which I feel like was closer than it seemed. Though, but, like Utah's winning at a ridiculous place, pace. Like, you have to kind of respect that at what it you, is. You right? do, you do. Yeah, that, like that's why I'm higher on them, and I think I'm higher on Mitchell than most. Like, I don't think he's a superstar, but like I, I can see him winning a series with his scoring. Right? Like, Mitchell can, isn't it? Mitchell's not the problem. Mitchell's going to show up. He's going to get okay. his twenty five yeah. thirty. Don't you is, worry about his decision making? No, I worry about his decision making. I mean, he's he's twenty three. You know what I'm saying? Or twenty. I know that's what I'm saying. It's, 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 that, I mean, he's he's gotten way better out of pick and roll this year. A I'll lot better. That. He's got. I agree. I think he's awesome, but I think he has Russell Westbrook ruin the game with poor decisions. No, no, no. He's not that no, type of decision. No, no, no. He doesn't. He's just inefficient. He's got yeah. Russell Westbrook's inefficiency at times. And when you're when you're playing against somebody with no margin for error like LeBron James, you just can't do that. You know, I I hope I'm wrong for the sake of of him and what will happen to him. But he, to me, is the kind of guy that in a pivotal game five will randomly shoot 40 shots, even though it kind of takes the offense out of rhythm. Yeah. Like he's that kind of guy. That's that's, that's what the Lakers are going to force from Utah, because Utah runs that, that heavy pick and roll. The Lakers are going to yep. switch everything, and the ball's going to be with Mitchell's hands with seven seconds left on the clock, and Mitchell and Clarkson are going to just have to be heroes individually. So that that's what's going to, that's what's going to happen in Utah against the Lakers, in my opinion. Yeah, that's you know, what I was saying. Everybody. I was saying that earlier. Like, they're what they do right now is they they move the ball beautifully and they get the open shot. But when exactly. you get into the playoffs and you don't care about that, or you like decide, hey, when the ball hits X person, we don't care. Exactly. You, disrupt, yep, exactly. you, you disrupt it, you know, and then then they're going to, like you said, they're going to be forced in to put the ball in someone's hands to go one on one or to create. It's going to be Mitchell. It's going to be Clarkson. And it's not going to be enough against the Lakers. Yeah, I see people compare them to the Rockets a lot. And I feel like the difference is they have a lot more of a motion offense. Right. I feel like Houston was a lot more isolation focused on Harden. And then uh, they're they're all predicated on screen roll. And then they take advantage of that. Um, when you switch, it's a little tougher, but man, do they chuck, like they just chuck the three. You don't <laughs> yeah, even have to, they get them it's, up. it's not even like open. I swear. Like Ingles has like two feet, of, like two inches of space and he just flings it up. And again, that has like the, that, that can really be like, you can really be hot or cold right in the playoffs with that, especially if the shooting's not going, but that's where I think Mitchell comes in. Him being I'm able interested, to shot correct, shot correct. I'm interested to see if really inter- if the Clippers and jazz shooting stays at the level. This is historic. It's like almost yeah. foolish. What they're doing from three, so I, 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 that's what I'm mainly interested in the playoffs. Like, if no like, way, it won't, man. It, it won't. <laughs> Rod, Rod, you're right. They they just get it up. Rockets played them the other day. I was watching. They just get it up from anywhere. And yep. Right. Like that's that, that's that. You know, I hate to be cliche, but it's not because it's the regular season, but it's because like we talked about in the postseason, when they make it, when the defense is going to make a concerted effort or a conscious decision to give shots up to some someone specific or to give specific types of shots up. Like adjusting to that on the fly after you after you've been doing it for seventy two games is very difficult, you know. So as soon as 
some of those shots stop falling, I think they're going to stall out. Now, right, I think so they're going to. I think they're going to be good, but I think the Lakers will stall them out for sure. All right, so my, this devil's advocate, but the, the, the Utah, they have four guys that can really knock it down, though. It's not like they have a guy that's a non-shooter on the floor. They keep, like, four guys who can legitimately shoot on the yeah. floor at all times. So that's that's the only kind of caveat. It's like, who do you want to shoot? Like, they're all going to be able to take him, and they can make him, like, decently. That's true. So do you, but, do you remember? do you remember when we watched the Knicks play the other night and we were talking about how they defend, like, the Lakers and how – there just doesn't seem to be an opening. Um, that's kind of that's kind of where I worry about with them is like the Jazz right now in the regular season take advantage of the fact that defenses are just a little more sloppy and openings are more likely to appear. And so while I agree with you that like their design makes sense, like they do not play non shooters, which is why their high volume hasn't led yeah. to lower efficiency. However, in a playoff series like a team like the Lakers who is extremely dialed in with their rotations are going to take, are going to massively lower their shot quality. And I think that that, and then like in teams that do that to the Lakers, it's like, okay, well I'm literally going to use this, these two physical behemoths to get to the rim, you know, and and then how that can kind of contort a defense and generate wide open threes. I mean, what did y'all do? What did the Lakers do to the Rockets? The Rockets were jacking 50 a game. And the Lakers dictated the pace to where the Rockets in the, in the postseason against them in the series, they were shooting like 35 a game, 30 a game. And like yeah. it just got to a point where mathematically as a fan, I was like, all right, well, if we're going to go 13 of 36, we're going to lose. Um, <laughs> you know what I mean? And that's what happened. That's exactly what happened. Yeah. So I, I think something similar will happen against Utah. It's different, like you said, because they're more motion and the yeah. Rockets were just like ISO. But it's kind of the inverse of the Rockets. Like the Rockets problem was they didn't trust the ball to go to other people. I think the the Jazz problem against the Lakers will be: Do they trust whoever is creating to create? Like, is Donovan Mitchell going one on one against KCP or Caruso or LeBron, being funneled into Anthony Davis? Like, is that going to get it done? I don't know. Right. That's funny. Utah, not. Utah having their best season ever, and they might get Curry and LeBron in back to back series, man. <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy, crazy, but they have their best season ever. But um, but yo, appreciate y'all, man. Uh, I gotta get I gotta get out of here. But it was fun talking. So go Rockets. Good luck to the Lakers. I got my money on LA as long as LeBron's playing. Appreciate you. Rick. Thanks for hopping Thank in, my guy. I appreciate it. Yep, yep. Peace out. I gotta go too, guys. I am pushing almost five hours of sleep. Yeah. But hey, everybody who hopped in, thank you guys so much. Yeah, and uh, I'm glad we were finally able to get get some people to hop in and chat with us. And Maples. You know how much I appreciate you, man, and I and, yeah. I, and I, I thank you for taking a couple hours to hang out with us tonight. I know it's love, bro. Anytime, yeah. you tap in, it's Gucci, man. Yeah, thank you, Maples. It's a long time coming, man. We gotta have yes, you sir. on more. Right, y'all yeah. be smooth. All right, everybody. Good night. Good night, y'all.